It was like when I had my appendix out, the first thing they check is for testicular torsion. And yeah, so nice. like the the poor chap who had me was he's the only he's the only other man who's touched my nuts. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I was once tested for um testicular talk. Because they're like, what, what kind of horsepower? <laughs> you um, yeah. Apparently, See, apparently, kind of yeah. apparently, I, I got a, uh, I got a ten-second dick. So there you go. Ten-second <laughs> dick. That's what they it. call him. <laughs> it's a Fast and Furious. Uh, it's, 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 don't worry about it. Oh, okay. mm. Jackson, I just want to say later we're gonna race for pinks. <laughs> <laughs> they say that in. Um, <laughs> Why is that so funny? Like, I know what that means. And then, like, why is that so funny? Jackson's dying. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, aren't, you aren't Fast and Furious literate, you know? Yeah, um, they're not, they're not, no. they're not furious heads. <laughs> like, us, Jacko. <laughs> furious boys. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and welcome back once again. You've revisited us here in the chambers of commerce for how to win loot and influence dragons. It's me, your secretary of the treasury, dungeon master, Ben McAllister, and you know, we're in deficit and we gotta fix it. That, that's me introduced. Hello. Hello, I am the uh, minister for housing, Jackson Newsom. I am the officer for the regulation of Bitcoin investments, okay. Thomas Owen. Oh no, Tom! No, no, no! Don't <laughs> sell, 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 sell! <laughs> they just went back over ten thousand. Uh, Business you think is I good. don't yeah. know? Grace, I'm top Grace, of Grace, Grace. You think I don't know? I'm zeitgeisting that deliberately. Yeah. Hey, Grace, let's let's save that for Curio Finance Chat, your forthcoming yeah. economics podcast, Very good. where you and me talk about Bitcoin. Very also, good. Yeah. keeping in mind when Tom was like, "Hey, Dan, what do you really want for your birthday?" He was just like, "Bitcoin." That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that was, that's yeah. the, the truth of it, Grace. I was confused at first, but then I realized that if you Google Bitcoin and slang meaning, it's okay. Wow, just a whole other thing. Okay. Who are you? I'm um, over here, Governor of the Reserve Bank of Australia, Grace Chapel. Oh, wow. <laughs> Grace, what's the cash rate? Miss Chapel, Miss Chapel, what's the cash rate? <laughs> I know it just went down. Didn't you put it down? <laughs> but did, it's lower. I did give the press conference. Is it like 2.125? Uh, according to an article in The Guardian from May 7th, Miss Chapel, just looked at a comment on this, RBA leaves cash rate on hold at 1.5%. Oh my god, I am so behind. Oh my god. <laughs> what yeah. a terrible governor. <laughs> at least you know what a cash yeah. rate is. Uh, <laughs> That's true. That Listen to true. my curio finance chat. <laughs> yeah. 
Can I just get a quick straw poll on um, whether that was our weirdest intro yet? No, it wasn't our weirdest. <laughs> yeah, not the weirdest. Um. It was like kind of like someone would be like, is that comedy? Probably not. But they weren't kind of like, <laughs> is that legal? Yeah. Probably not. Keep in mind, there was a whole intro we did once where we were like, I gotta burn that one, let's do another one right away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah one we just fucking threw to the, the metaphorical world. Yeah. Should we do another one uh, real quick? Yeah. It was like, that felt pretty stinted to me. Wow, okay. Stilted. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> hey, stilted, stilted like the Australian economy with our cash rate held at 1.5%, am I right? <laughs> Why don't they let the cash go faster? Is that what a cash rate is? What I'm if it just, was stiltened? Hey, look at this. Oh, yeah, like the cheese, cheese with cheese. Yeah. 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 I'm, your, I'm your Red Lester, Jackson Newstead. There you go. That's a... Top cheese. I'm your <laughs> oh, blue I, vein. I like that one. <laughs> oh god! Oh Jesus! More like Jesus. Oh, oh Jesus! I am your mature cheddar dungeon master. Oh, break me off a piece. Yeah. Well, I'm triple cream Brie Grace Chapo. There you go. <laughs> Alright, well there you go, there's two intros, that's kind of like a choose your own flavour kind of thing, and much like the cheese board selection we just put out. What did we have on the cheese board? Hey! We had a blue, we had an aged, we had an aged cheddar, we had a triple cream brie, and what were you doing? Red Leicester. Yeah, Red Leicester. Yeah. So Red Leicester sounds like somebody they had to hang in, like, Liverpool. Yeah, I honestly, I wish I'd gone a parmesan. If, I, if I'd really thought about it, I would have gone, like, a, a delicious parmesan. Yeah, yeah, or some kind of hard cheese, something sharp and yeah. crystalline. Anyway, Manchego. um, there you go. I always thought of you as more yeah, of, like, like, a goat's cheese. Really? No. Thank God. <laughs> I was so offended. I think if you were the Manchego. Reason. You're not into a goat's cheese? No, I, I am. But I, I wouldn't want someone to be like, you I remind think, me of a goat's cheese. I, I want someone to be like, you're like a, a sharp, hard cheese. You know what I mean? Parmesan area of things is... Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know what a... Because people are kind of like, do you belong here? And then they're like, no, I think you do. But on first interactions, I thought you didn't actually belong yeah, here. Like, you <laughs> smelled like vomit when I didn't have context for what you were. But now I realize actually I was smelling parmesan. You think parmesan smells like vomit? It does. That's a fact. Let's hold the room. Parmesan cheese. Parmesan smells like vomit. And in order to hear some more hot takes about cheese, you ought to listen to this recap of HDW Late. When we last left our heroes, they had finally completed the challenges of the Temple of Silence and extracted the peace. Lord Standish's first troops arrived to attack the town but they were handily repelled by the combined forces of the Hastings Militia, with some help from Duncan, Jody, and Drasilia, who transformed into a young silver dragon in the process. The town must now find a way to avoid a more dangerous conflict with the bulk of Standish's forces. Cerulea suggested a drastic strategy, whereby the town would forego its history of hiding, offering Standish a payment of back taxes, and joining the rest of the world. But will Standish go for it? Will the townsfolk? And how will they make the arrangements with an approaching army? Whilst Cerulea and Enos catalogued the town's wealth, Silver Dragon Drasilia flew out, alone, to meet the incoming forces and negotiate a deal. Fucking here we are, we've got two groups. We've got 
Young Dragon Druzzy, or Young Young Druzzy as I like to call her, just to keep things short. She's flying towards an army by herself, not sure what her tactic is going to really be there. Uh, Wait, and then the way the you boys. emphasize that, are you suggesting that she probably has some sort of bee-related scheme? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I mean, like, Grace Rook, and I like, <laughs> Real quick, is, so is Druzzy a young dragon or adult? Young. No, she's a young dragon. Okay, great, cool. If this goes well, I think Druzzy will go down in, like, Hastings legend as Drazilia the Young Dragon. I can see that. I can see that being, like, a cool title that yeah. she gets. I'm looking, like I'm looking forward to, like, the ending of this podcast as, like, the, the credits roll and Will Smith comes in to do, like, a young, like a young dragon sort of rap over, over the end of it. That's going to be really exciting. I don't get that at all. Just like, you know, Young Dragon is like a sort of rap thing and Will Smith doing mm-hmm. that thing where he just raps over the end of movie credits mm-hmm. and with like a song Ooh, which is related to yeah. the, like Hitch. the content. Like Hitch and like fucking... Men in Black. Men in Black, Black. Wild Wild Men West. Men in Black's a big one. Yeah, Wild Wild West, dude. Wild West is good, yeah. Do you remember that scene in Wild Wild West where Will Smith is talking to that other guy about what a titty feels like? <laughs> and <laughs> they're, like, they're like on the train... And the guy's like an inventor spy, and he's like, I'm gonna dress up as a lady. And he puts on his like suit, and he has like two like fake breasts that are like little leather sacks full of like sand. And like Will Smith is like, No, nah, this isn't what a titty feels like. And then he takes the leather bag full of sand, and he empties out all the sand, and he fills it up with water and gives it back to him, and is like, There you go, dude. <laughs> so, I guess the implication is <laughs> just like a bag of water yeah. is what, um, but yeah. a bag of goo is probably closer, right, Ben? Yeah, well, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back on the rails uh, and tell me, boys, boys in Hastings Town proper, uh, what are you doing whilst you're awaiting the return of Drasilia? I think Duncan, in an attempt to avoid getting murdered, is going to... Wait, are we including the bit about Will Smith in the episode? Or was that underneath? Who knows? Account? I guess Maybe. We'll well, assuming we do, I think Jim Khan's... <laughs> I guess so now, right? <laughs> ...going to dress up as a woman. Okay. This is hot content. I'm glad we're doing it. <laughs> oh, I mean, look. <laughs> you think this content is hot? Wait till we hear the fan fiction that inspires. Okay. Um, no, sorry. What am I saying? Fucking... I don't know. What are we going to do? Don't we just have to wait? <laughs> well, we I guess it's wait? a tricky thing what where, like... What's the fun stuff about dressing up like a woman? So, we have two groups, one of whom is, like, well, heading to, like, the clock tower, and uh, it's really overseeing people, like, collecting, I guess, future taxes or something like that, or... Yeah, just, like, riches from the clock tower, like, the the treasure room there, like, they're, like, you know, bringing them into, like, the centre of town, and, like, fucking Enos is overseeing it being sort of, like, catalogued and put aside into different sort of portions, and they're gonna, like, basically try and negotiate some kind of tax strategy, or at least that's, like, that's what... Cerulea has got them doing because right. like when Drazilia yeah. left she didn't really explain what the plan no. was like she was just like we're gonna it's gonna be great Peace. but then like Cerulea Cerulea quickly stepped in and was like we need to just fucking try and basically pay them off and I think like if you were standing around like looking at that happen you would definitely see that there's basically a, a bit of a fight going on Petunia's there with her family the Jespersons who if you recall from the town meeting were like very very anti-opening the town and there they're basically just being like arguing with Enos who is, who is not entirely sure what the best way forward is here. But uh, yeah, they're just, they're just sort of arguing over the way forward. And in the meantime, they're, they're cataloging all of the wealth. Do you think Jody and Duncan are, are doing anything or are you very much just waiting to see what happens? I think if they're like having a bit of a shit fight in the middle of this town, ta- like, because like, have people in Hastings died? 
Like from that, a few, yeah, yeah. a few people have died. So I think presumably Jody would want to head over and just see what they're yammering about, and maybe point them to the gravity of the situation rather than <laughs> you know like bickering on about like whether this town should stay open or not. You know what I mean? Uh, can, can I, I have a short rest? Um, you could certainly, yeah, try. Yeah, yeah, go on. So, so Duncan maybe sits down to to patch himself up, have a power bar, just you know, reload, refresh. Reduce, reuse, Power bar recycle. is actually the name Duncan has for his not butter. Okay, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> good, good. I love hearing Did that. Did you just I love use another that- name for it for describing what? The power bar was a name of. Yeah. yeah. I don't think um I don't think they call it a penis in Carthus. What did you say? <laughs> Wait, what did you say? <laughs> I don't think I, I, I said I don't think they call it a penis in Carthus. I think Okay, this is <laughs> Alright, JK. <laughs> Lay it down. What do they call it? They actually didn't call it a penis until the early nineteenth century. Before then they just called it a flim flam and everyone just had one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just called it a flim flam, that's right. Um, when did the word penis? Very mean? good. So, okay, I think as Jody walks over to, to see what's going on, yes, there's Cerulea overseeing like the the, the, the the pulling all of the wealth out of the tower, and Enos is there just kind of like cataloging it or overseeing it being cataloged, whilst Lady Jesperson, whose first name I've forgotten, if somebody remembers, uh, don't at me, <laughs> uh, is there being like, Enos, you can't honestly be thinking about doing this. Our entire way of life is under threat. And Enos chimes in and says... <clears throat> she had a very whiny kind of, not whiny, like um, r- raspy kind of voice, Farrakhal. She says, I don't really see what choice we have. The, the tower is over. Drasilia didn't repair it. The bubble hasn't come back. It, it's either more death. And she points to the, the few dead people uh, from the initial assault. Or we try and go with Drasilia and Cerulea's plan. I just wanted to quickly point out that the clock tower is clearly the reserve bank of Carthus. Thank you. I'm done. <laughs> okay, okay. Really tight. Enos right. is the governor. Thank right. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm amazed by how economical you managed to make this plotline climax all for Grace's Druzzy. All right, cool. Is Jody like in this convo now? Like overhearing this bullshit? You can be. Yeah. You're standing there. I think Jody just like sort of like walks up and is like, there is no way back to using the clock tower. It is, it is done. We don't have a means forward. The contraption has been, um, there's no way of bringing back the bubble or anything you're suggesting. All you're doing is wasting the precious time and oxygen that you have. So you can either put your back in and fucking help out the rest of the town in protecting people so no one else dies. uh, Or you can keep running your mouth. I don't give a shit. And then Jody just kind of like walks away and starts like... like, He literally like walked over to be like, fuck you, the Jespersons, wake up. (laughs) Particularly eyeing Petunia... Um, given that she was, you know, running her mouth all in the clock tower. Yeah, um, so l- the Lady Jesperson uh, pipes up again and says, well, the clock tower may be broken, but that's only because of what you all did. And then Cerulea, uh chimes in and says, this is so much bigger than you could possibly understand. There's, you, you just have no idea what you're talking about. So, yeah, listen to Jody. Either either chip in or fuck off. And- <laughs> Petunia, uh, who's been sulking in the background, uh, walks over and sort of like puts a hand on her mum's shoulder and kind of sulkily is like, yeah, she's right. The clock tower's not coming back. I don't think there's any other way forward. And then Petunia picks up the like random book that Drasilia had her going through and hands it to Cerulea and says, give this back to your sister when you see her. And she takes Lady Jesperson and they just kind of retreat uh, back to, you know, wherever wherever they come from. Yeah, the sewer. <laughs> I reckon 
Duncan. I reckon Duncan throws a hand axe. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I reckon I reckon Duncan actually like dies a little inside when he sees Jody go off of them like that. Because I think there's like this soft kindness to Jody that died so long ago in Duncan and to see Jody there just kind of like laying down the fucking law and like Duncan's just like tired on the ground. Like all he's doing is sitting there being like, I'm not going to survive the next fight if I don't sit down for a bit. And he's watching Jody have to like be the tough cookie. And he's like, Oh no, he feels like he's watching Jody start down. Yeah. That, like dark well, in the last few months we did revisit the massacre of Jody's hometown, right? Like we, we yeah, can walk through all yeah. that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's all definitely. I, I'm not sure if anyone remembers this, but like I said, that Jody stopped shaving like months ago. So like, what? J- Jody isn't like a mustachioed man sort of thing. Yeah. He's like looking like he looks like shit. you. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's straight off the back of ragged as shit. <laughs> so yeah. shady. Wow. See, I started grace. speaking before you went there. Yeah. I love all of that. Take inspiration, both of you. Both of the boys, if you don't currently have it. Yeah. And I didn't forbid a dragon? No, Come on. I already have inspiration, so Grace, don't tell the DM, but you can have my extra inspiration. <laughs> no. Hey, the, the, day's, the day's not over. <laughs> I, I, I would say then, after, after, yeah, uh, and then after that, I think um, Jody probably like, pops himself down near Duncan, and uh, I guess he's trying to short rest. Not, re- I, not really to heal or anything. He's just uh, setting about like doing a bit of... He's basically like working on some of the clothes that he's been working on these past uh, few weeks. A bit of tailoring. Yeah. Um, okay, that, that's nice. I think whilst that's happening, uh, you probably both, and in fact probably all, get a chime in on your sending stone from a familiar voice, which chimes in and says, Ah, uh, coming through. Check, check. It's my uh, hourly shift on the contact. Uh, been out of contact for a while. Check in if you can. It's, you know who it is, and that's, yep, probably not going to hear anything back, so I'll try again in an hour. And then it crackles out. They've been trying a bunch? Moo is in the clock tower. Whoa. Um, I think Jody, upon hearing that, looks over to Duncan and, like, gives him a little nod, and then goes back to his tailoring. Um, Duncan whips a stone out, sending stone thing. <laughs> what are they called? One of his nats. Yeah, whips out a <laughs> nat. <laughs> the uh, sound of Garrick's get voice um, Duncan just fucking makes an ultrasound um, whilst whipping out his nut <laughs> yeah so Duncan hits Garrick up and is like just doing some tidying in touch soon he chimes back in and says oh oh um channel is active uh look mate would be good to have a face-to-face, I think. Uh, as soon as you can. As soon as we can. Okay. And then that line crackles out. Great. I'd like to jump over to Silver Dragon Azilia. I know everyone's waiting Yeah, for really me. buried the lead there. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. You gotta fucking leave him, leave him hungry for it. Mm-hmm. Silver Dragon Druzzy beating her powerful wings as she flies through the forest, heading towards the direction of the approaching forces. I think it wouldn't be too long before she comes across the, like, outriders of the army who definitely see a dragon and turn around and start riding back towards the main force. So what's your plan here? Like, that, that's <laughs> something we should bitches. discuss. 
plan is I definitely want to uh, speak to what's the Lord's name again? Standish. Lord Standish. 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 And um, essentially negotiate a parlay under which we can talk um, monetary, you know. <laughs> the governor of the Reserve Bank of Carthus is, yes. <laughs> is coming in to talk about the cash rate. It's all I could think as soon as I started talking about monetary yeah. policy of Carthus. How fast do you want it to be? Like, what do you want it to be? It's got nothing to do with speed, Tom. <laughs> Velocity. <laughs> 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 Drazzy, what's your plan here? How are you approaching? You're just like currently flying in as a, as a dragon. I expect some arrows will probably be coming your way when you reach the main force. Yeah. Um, uh, what are you thinking what's here? What's the sort of lay of the land? Uh, it's like forest, forested. Uh, it's not super dense around here at the moment. Like you could come into land. And yeah, you can see like up ahead there is an army approaching. But like under the, sort of within the forest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I guess I just land sort of before the approaching forces and, um, like, I want to land within earshot where I can say, take me to your leader. <laughs> can, I, can I get that in, in dragon voice? Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I land and I say, <clears throat> oh, what did I do? You were doing, like, a deep, take, goofy take, nerd voice. Take me to your leader. <laughs> yeah, I think it was kind of your big <laughs> Yeah, nice. Wow, thanks for that. Um, I think what what happens is you land and the front line of, like, archers have all got their bows drawn, like, ready to fire. And the commander is, like, holding his arm up about to announce fire when you yell out, take me to your leader. Um, can I get a persuasion check on that from you, Drazzy? I'm very good at that. So, still only a 16, but... Okay, um... I think, like, hearing you boom out, take me to your leader, the commander of the army is a little bit surprised. Like, he was ready to announce fire, but then he doesn't. And instead, he yells back, Give me one reason, beast, why we should, rather than putting these arrows through your hide right here. Drozzy says, in her dragon voice, I have seen enough blood for one day. We are more powerful than you can have any idea do not test us. Okay, that sounds like an intimidation check to me. <laughs> and I'd like you to make that intimidation check with advantage, given you are a dragon. Fuck yeah. I think that's only fair. <laughs> so that's a uh, 26 that time. Yeah, okay. I think um, he basically, like, hesitates for a moment and then slowly lowers his hand and you see the archers relax a little bit but not drop their bows. And he says, Stay here. I'll go see what I can... Achieve. And uh, he leaves the archers there on the front line with their bows semi-drawn, staring you down across this uh, stretch of forest. Uh, Maybe some of them are shaking a little bit. So after a few minutes, I think you see a palanquin approaching. Do you know what a palanquin is? No. Hell yeah. Jackson, do you know what a palanquin is? It's basically like a... um, Well, it's not like a carriage. It's more like a... It's like an official sort of like... um, It's like transport for like nobility and, and that sort of thing. It's like one of those chairs uh. that a bunch of people carry on their shoulders. Yeah, nice. You see a veiled palanquin approaching in the standish colours, which if we didn't define before, I'm saying are like a Shit brown. deep blue-grey, like a gathering storm, slashed with Shit brown. Um, vibrant white. 
Yeah, nice. Oh, yeah, so shit brown. <laughs> I think Jackson's wearing a uh, Gathering Storm deep blue gray beanie over here. So Huge. We're all picturing Take it. Take a photo for the ground. And then his have... hair is shit brown. I don't have my phone. You're talking about Grace's hair as well. We have the same haircut. So the palanquin approaches and eventually it's it's laid down. And then a trumpeter steps out from behind it and blows a little uh, jaunty tune. And then the silk screen on the front of the palanquin parts. And get ready, fans. Fucking two months in, we're about to get our first glimpse at Lord Standish. Drazilia, Dragon Druzzy, you slowly raise your eyes up the uh, little stairs. Through my long dragon lashes. Yep, (laughs) see it. Yeah. Inside Wait, this is Druzzy a hot dragon like from Shrek? Yeah, I'm like the Shrek dragon. Holy shit. <laughs> the hot dragon like from Shrek. <laughs> the hot dragon from Shrek. She's hey guys, you know what I think dragon. we just found out? <laughs> That's the... Yep, it's coming in positive there, Ben. Yeah, they got, I got the test and it's the title of the episode. <laughs> Instead, let's uh, let's press on, shall we? And let's see, this long pan up. I think what you see, Druzzy, is some elegantly appointed supple leather boots uh, underneath some dark uh, blue-gray linen pants, a very nicely tailored-fitting bright white linen shirt. Oh, my whole and then as you, you scan up to the visage, the face of Lord Standish, you're gre- greeted by... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like Met and Meet, but Gret and Greet. Yeah, Holy shit. You are Gret by <laughs> the scowl of an angsty, pimply-faced teen. <laughs> because Lord Standish is the boy lord of House Standish. Oh, and he gets out of his... Lord fuckboy over here. <laughs> he gets out of his palanquin and clomps on over to you with like a, you know, a sassy little trot. And uh, he's standing just short of the dragon. And he yells out, well, beast, what will you have of me? Hmm? Why shouldn't I steamroll right through and raise that town to the ground? This little shit. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to do a constitution save to see if I can resist from actually just incinerating him. <laughs> okay. So, what, what, so you- what do you say to Teen Lord? Yeah. Um, first of all, I roll my fabulously lashed dragon eyes at Teen Lord. Okay. And then I say... Uh-huh. That's a very teen action to take, Jazzy. Also, isn't Jazzy also, also a teen? A teen. <laughs> but you know, yeah. teens look down on teens more than anyone else, I think. She's an old... Is that true? Well, she's like a, a 19 year old. my experience. Yeah. I, I hated teenagers when I was a teenager. Yeah. Oh, I hate teenagers now. Yeah. That's true. Me too. Drazilia the Young Dragon says... Drizzy Young Dragon. Uh, what is your quarrel with these people? You want taxes? We got taxes. We'll fucking pay you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> my quarrel? Well, they're on my lands, and yes, the taxes is part of it, I suppose, but you also... Somebody killed my advisor, and, uh, you know, a whole troop of people that I send out there to talk to you. I, this, this cannot stand. Well, uh, they didn't look like they were there for talking, so we can't really be blamed for uh, their... Oh, you know, oh their- great, Gracie. He's, he's referring to the guy that you fireballed when you first arrived at Hastings. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Not to the troop of scouts that you just killed. 
Right. He's referring to the advisor to Lord Sanders that you just iced on arrival. Yes. Um, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> another day, another murder, <laughs> am I right? Okay. Retcon on that last bit. Drizzy Young Dragon says, Oh, um, look, we can't be blamed for protecting our own. This is now land they have held for... Uh, Hundreds of years. This is now do, land they've held for hundreds of years. Do the right thing, son. <laughs> oh, um, I think that's not a good way to deal with a team lord. <laughs> and he says, who are you calling son, you wild beast? And where did you come from anyway? What gives you the right to speak for the town? Okay, I breathe a huge fireball, like, just above his head. An ice ball? An ice ball, yeah. You blow this uh, jet of uh, ice-cold... I guess, sleet above uh, his head. And he definitely recoils a little bit and, like, ducks down on the ground. And you definitely see all of the archers rear back on their bows and the guy throws his arm back up again. And then Standish, from the ground, puts his hand up and says, No, no! Hold fire! For now! And then glares back at you and says, Enough of these intimidation tricks, dragon. I said that the taxes are one thing, but... Something must be paid. You can't just go around killing advisors to lords and expect there to be no consequences. Well, what is it you ask? What's your price? Hmm. Finally, a reasonable conversation. I want you to picture him down on all fours in his linen, looking up at you with his head cocked to one side when he says that. <laughs> he he uh, heads over his shoulder and says, Regiment! And uh, a, a young man in a pointy hat uh, runs over with a fantasy clipboard and holds it out to Lord Standish, who stands up and says, hmm, well, um, well, the taxation for this year is one thing. Uh, there'll have to be a price associated with the, the death of the advisor. Um, I have to pay his family and whatnot. And, um, well, should we call it, what did you say, several hundred years worth of back taxes? <laughs> Oh, yeah, if you could just tell us the exact year that the uh, resources on your land started to be impinged upon, then I'm sure we could sort something out. (laughs) So this is economic policy, Uh, Jazzy. Okay. I think, like, basically we're at a point where you're, like, negotiating about a price and, like, how much of Hastings' stock of goods he's going to accept as payment for the death of his man and also the taxes. I kind of want this to to work out in, like, a charisma contest, I think. Like, just, like, a persuasion, (laughs) a contested persuasion check to basically see, like, who comes out on top in this negotiation. But surely what... Drozzy has plus five. This guy must have, like, negative 15, right? So surely there's not a number that Drozzy can roll that isn't going to beat him. (laughs) Jossie has plus Look, 10. That's huge. All right, Gracie, I'm looking at a number right now in front of me for this guy's charisma. All right, right? all right. Why don't you do a contested persuasion check to see if your gambit of saying, well, you can't just claim hundreds of years of back taxes, you have to be more specific, pays off. So am I doing persuasion? You're doing persuasion, Gracie. That's right. I got this. What do you got, Lena? Maybe you have plus one from that necklace. That oh, yeah. gives you plus one to non-combat persuasion checks or non-combat charisma checks. I got a 17. Oh, he rolled a 13. So I think in your battle of charisma cunning, you have uh, outwitted this boy with your um, <laughs> claim that he can only charge taxes for when his resources were impinged upon. He, he looks you up and down for a minute, and then uh, you see his lip kind of curl back in a little bit of a snarl, and he says, mm, fair point. I suppose 
we might be able to reach an agreeable sum to prevent more bloodshed. And uh, he whispers something to his advisor, who uh, starts scribbling down notes, and he says, Very well, beast. I'll be in the town in half an hour, and we will see what can be figured out. And he turns heel and uh, walks back over to his palanquin and gets loaded up. And when you say he turns then... heel, are you telling me that he was the face of the WWE before? Okay. And we were meant to like that guy, yes. and now he's the villain? Yes, he's just become the villain, that's right. Um, what, a, what a turn, dude. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I know, I've been working on this one for months. Hey, oh, it's me, your boy, and your dungeon master, plain and simple this time, Big B, just checking in on you as per usual. Thank you for listening to Chapter 46. It's the end of the Hastings story arc, and we're really pleased with how it went, and we hope you are too. I don't have much to say this week. I'm actually coming in a bit under the wire right now. Um, I know I promised last time that there would be a tiny little bonus in this feed, and it's true, there, there will be. This week has just been really hectic for us, so it's not quite done. My apologies for that. It'll be here ASAP. Um, anyway, I know this entire arc has been a bit more narrative-heavy than usual, but hey, we're sort of beginning to think about approaching the end of this entire Carpus story arc, so... um. We gotta get on that narrative train, I guess. Um, okay, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. Seriously, you're the best. You are really the only reason. Well, that and the fact that we enjoy it, but you're the main reason that we keep making this show. So enjoy the rest of it. Catch you next time. <laughs> he gets hefted up on the shoulders of his men and uh, commences the march. I mean, now they're basically just walking towards you while you're sitting in the field. What do you do? I guess I fly back. Yeah, you, you fly back and you, you land down in town and you're still in dragon form. And you, you, you can see the Jespersons have left. Uh, the pile of bodies has been left near the front of town, which you didn't mention during your negotiations. And you're going to have to hope doesn't um, contribute <laughs> to things any, any amount. Well, I don't think I knew that they were doing that because I just flew off, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Like, what do you think everyone's response is to seeing Dragon Druzzy return in terms of Jody and Duncan? Have I had my short rest? Uh, well, it hasn't been an hour, so you're mid-short rest. Well, then I probably don't respond because I am napping. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you're just staring into the middle distance yeah. with a loading screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think as you land, um, Cerulea, Cerulea and Enos run over to you, and Cerulea goes, How did it go? How did it go, Druzzy? Did he... Did he agree to take the taxes? Okay, I'm going to de-dragon now. Oh, really? So you just fucking land and then morph back into a person? Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, mom, sis, um, I'm back in my normal voice again. How's it going? Um, yeah, so just had a little chat to, uh, Shithead Standish over there. He's going to come and we're going to negotiate terms and... Arrange a sort of financial payment system. Enos lets out a deep sigh and glances at the piles of wealth behind her, and she says, Well, I don't know how your negotiating went, but I guess all we can hope is that there's enough and that we'll be able to meet whatever the price is in the long term. I guess we don't have any choice now. Yeah, I would probably say you don't want all of it out in the open, you know. (laughs) You know, Mum? You gotta, you gotta get this whole uh, reserve bank thing going on. You know, you can't, you can't just flood the market with currency. 
<laughs> that cash rate would be too fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so decide on um what percentage of the wealth of the town you think you're going to offer up as a fair payment based on the fact that your persuasion contest was just successful. Surely we need to have a rough numerical figure rather than percentage of like decades or centuries of goods that we put in here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. Tell us how many gold pieces there are so that we can fuck you with that plot point. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. (laughs) How much would a town of 200 people pay in taxes every year to a lord? I, look, I won't lie. I've been waiting two years to finally have the taxation episode. And I'm so... (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) To figure out the fucking taxation rate in Carthus. Everyone's been desperate to know. I'm going to say probably every villager would be expected to, to stump up one gold piece a year. Sure. Do you want me to look up what um, different goods sell for? No, I don't. I really, really don't. <laughs> you don't? You don't want me to? <laughs> to look that up. Okay, well, don't listen to the same uh, I'm going to say, yeah. Ignore that. That's not happening. <laughs> I'm going to say annual rate should be about 200 gold pieces. Uh, so keep keep that in mind. And I'm going to say that the total wealth accumulated over many hundred... I mean, it's hard to estimate, right? Because like a lot of it's just like trinkets and antiquities. But um, probably at least like 5,000 gold pieces worth of stuff just like kicking around in the town square at the moment. I mean, we're talking about a haggle situation, right? Yeah. I reckon we start with 1,000. It says $5,000 there. 5,000 gold pieces... Uh, it's like two, it's 200 a year. I can like, because if you're saying like, when, when did this actually impinge? Like the bubble's been up, right? Like, uh, do you just want to give like- the cost of the, the deaths and- Sure, but like, surely that's like a couple reparations. of years, right? Like maybe like, we're talking like, what, like 600 gold pieces or something like that? In a lump sum, that's a huge amount of money, right? One chicken is two copper pieces, which means <laughs> it's like a chicken a week tax rate. You get like a week off for Christmas, a week off for Easter, and the other fifty weeks of the year you, you have to pay a chicken. chicken in tax. That's too high. Your tax rates are too high, Ben. You can't ask the villagers to give you a chicken every year. This is unjust. Every week. Every week, yeah. <laughs> every week. I never would have thought a goat was so valuable. Yeah, goats are very valuable. Uh... A goat is worth fifty chickens. <laughs> Sheep. Well, no, a sheep is worth two goats. No, okay, think about it. A pig is worth three like, goats. You're gonna earn like, yeah. what, like a, probably a chicken a day, right? Yeah, but also think about Get into the think about combat wise, right? If you were a if you were a in day. a fight versus fifty chickens or one goat, I mean that's pretty comparable, right? No, Obviously, dude, I would fight the goat every time. Okay, what about a sheep or two yeah, goats? Every time, dude. A sheep or two goats. I might take the goats. What about a pig? Or three goats. <laughs> are they are they female goats or male goats? Well, here's the thing: they're females, and it's breeding season. So, like, <laughs> are they trying to fuck me? <laughs> no, they're, they're just they're, they're just angry, they're just riled you know? up. What does breeding season have to do with it? Is there any they're heat? in heat. Does that make them angry? <laughs> <laughs> they're just a bit wild. They're wilding, you know. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're and not trying to fuck. Is it a boar? Just because an animal yeah. is is in heat doesn't mean it's trying to fuck you, the human Thomas Owen. <laughs> It's not my experience. Okay, whilst you guys are arguing about the relative fuckability of goats and Thomas Owen, and David I think um, the pa- hey, like ben, the- do you reckon I'm, just to just to settle this quickly, do you reckon I'm more or less fuckable than a male goat? Ah, oh, really? Okay, I think we go for three years upfront taxes. 
So let's say 600 gold pieces Mm -hmm. and let's obscure the rest. I think that's like a reasonable amount to start off with, right? Yeah, we can give it a shot. Like three years up front. That's like pretty, it's pretty decent. Um, Okay, so are we we happy to roll with that? Yep. So we obscure the majority of the wealth that everyone spent half an hour pulling out. Are we just like, I guess, hide it in like surrounding houses or something like that? Put it in your pockets, paper. (laughs) Um, And then how are we assembling? We are pretty dumb. Maybe she gets Cerulea. Let's bring Cerulea in. She's, she can get called up. Is she clever? Oh. I thought she did as much dumb shit as us. Well, this was all her idea, which is pretty clever. Yeah. I think I think Cerulea gets the call up. So, as you guys assemble your 600 gold piece offering, what you've estimated uh, as characters with Cerulea and Enos's help to be roughly Fucking three stop years saying Enos patients. into my ear. I hate it. Dude, get out of here. Words can sound like genitals. <laughs> <laughs> Words can sound like genitals. <laughs> Grace Chapel's comedy school. (laughs) (laughs) Some words sound like genitals. The uh, Lord's procession, containing a palanquin and a small royal guard, backed up by a slightly larger regiment, stalks down the main street, followed by a jaunty trumpeter. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, the palanquin is set down, and in a scene that is now familiar to Drasilia, the silken curtain parts, and the teen Lord Standish steps down off the palanquin and strolls over to the assembled group, which I'm going to say is Enos, Cerulea, and the three of you. And he says... Where have you put your beast, then? The one that did all the negotiating. And he starts looking around for a dragon. She'll come when she's gold. Mm, is that so? It's a good thing that that beast arrived when it did. I must say I was surprised to hear anyone in this town have any sense. I'd heard reports that uh, you were not amenable to the idea of paying your taxation, and here I was expecting some kind of fight from the, uh, <clears throat> uh, shall we say, unfortunate sight on the way into town. I can see that that was not wholly avoided, but... I suppose there's been enough bloodshed on both sides, and I'm glad you've come to your senses. So, you're willing to pay your fair share of taxation, plus I am to understand some form of reparations for the deaths of my men. So, what do you have for me? I think that pompous attitude hits Duncan so hard in the gut that you have to take a constitution saving throw (laughs) with a hand axe. It's all good, I got 19. (laughs) Cerulea uh, holds up the uh, sack, I suppose, containing the uh, portion of the wealth of the town that you guys have allocated for this payoff. And uh, Standish takes it and hands it to the man in the pointy hat with the clipboard, who quickly starts rifling through it and checking marks off his clipboard. And then uh, he whispers to Standish, and Standish says, Well, I suppose this could suffice for an initial payment, but you of course understand that there will be continued taxation. And uh, he looks to the assembled group there, and Ina steps forward and says, If that's the price of living in the world, then... Ooh, she's gone Irish. That's interesting. That's a new, that's a new spin on this character for me. Enos, the Irish penis. Just go with it. That's uh, great. Not with that. <laughs> not with that. I suppose if that's the price of living in this world, then we don't have much in the way of options. You've got a deal, Standish. We'll, we'll pay our taxes every year as long as you can... Assure us that Hastings will be safe. Uh, they they shake hands. Standish uh, turns around, leaving the bag of gold for his underling to pick up. You get the impression from Standish here that like 
is not even about the money. It's about the principle. He doesn't need the 600 gold. He just wants his, he just wants to wet his beak. And uh, he leaves town. And as he's leaving, he like gestures in the direction of the corpse pile. And his men start uh, picking up the corpses as they go on their way out of town. You, you've probably got a real bad taste in your mouth from this Standish character. But um, that's the price of doing business, babies. I guess that's just the way things shake out sometimes. Uh, capitalism. It's good that he wasn't any more shitty because Drasilia was itching to try out Disintegrate for the first time. (laughs) 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 Fuck, Oh, fuck. So I think with that, Enos and Cerulea both let out enormous sighs of relief. (laughs) (laughs) The town is still... This is our new Foley artist, Jackson Hewson, <laughs> bringing it close to today's episode of... <laughs> the town is about to go through, like, an immense period of transformative change. Innocent Aurelia breathed sighs of relief. The townsfolk are all, like... I think when you said, like, hide the wealth away, like, most of them took a portion of it and went back to their house to, like, you know, keep it spread around in case, like, Standish came looking for more wealth. So, like, for the moment... The streets are comparatively quiet. The Jespersons are nowhere to be seen. You guys are standing there. The wealth that you had offered is gone. And it's Drosilia and her family. And uh, I think Enos looks up at Drosilia and says, Well, where to now? What do we do now? I guess you do what the rest of the world does, Mum. Just keep on keeping on. And she puts on her bowler hat. <laughs> <laughs> Turns in the dust. No, she's going to have a farewell with the family. So she turns to the boys and she's like, can you just give us a couple of minutes? Uh, yeah, of course. Go back to that tavern. Uh, sure thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's go find that barrel chap and make him buy us drinks. <laughs> Save his fucking life. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to that. So do you boys walk off towards the tavern? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. And we're like, we're like kind of keeping an eye for Trent because that man owes us some fucking whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What uh, what do you do, Drusilia? Do you go back to the Halimian family household with um with your family? Yeah, I mean, maybe we should stay here the night, because I'm on, like, 30 health. Yeah, I was never allowed in my short rest, so I've we're got definitely going to rest here. no spells left, pretty much. <laughs> I'd like to, to put it here, then. I think Drusilia goes back to the Halimian family household and meets her father and her mother and Cerulea, and they spend the night together, and... The boys go track down the inn where they walk inside and are greeted by the apprehensive expressions of a number of townsfolk headed up by Trent Allgood standing there. And he turns to the boys and says, so what happened? Did, um, did he, did he take it? It's all good, Trent. Trent also lets out a sigh of relief and turns around and says to the assembled uh, townsfolk in the inn and says, we may have taken our losses, but it's over. And then everybody cheers, and uh, Trent turns back to you and claps you both on the shoulder and says, this town owes you a great debt. Uh, I think there's a bit of gold left in the coffers to uh, furnish a few rounds at the bar. And uh, walks over to the bar and lays down like a handful of the stuff that came out of um, the clock tower and says... I think everybody's earned it. And uh, the bar kicks into fucking high gear. And it's just like an out-and-out grief uh, party. Everyone's drinking and an Irish uh, commiserating about their lost friends and celebrating the freedom of town. Yeah, very much an Irish wake. Thank you, Jackson. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's what I was going for. And I think, like, that night, we can leave as a 
unfilled spot in in the narrative for now. I think I think the boys party on with the town. I think Drazilia has her moments with her family. A nice chicken dinner, perhaps. <laughs> a chicken dinner yeah. of two coffins. Forty-five chickens <laughs> to be had <laughs> for the Limian family. <laughs> All I want to know to to finish this this Hastings plot. I actually want to look at the next day, unless anyone has anything specific that they want to do that evening, no. other than fucking no. get on it with Trent, getting trash, yeah, and uh, getting barrel chest. Yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> I want to know how Drazilia says goodbye to her family. Um, I guess she, um, probably, like, nicks quite a few supplies from the cupboard. (laughs) She, um, (laughs) she's maybe a bit light-fingered with, um, some of her her mum's warm clothes. Just getting ready for the the cold nights ahead but then she does sort of like like if we're heading out in the morning she sort of like gathers them and she's like I just want to thank you all for trusting me and really I guess I'm I'm sorry I left the way that I did and I see now that you know you just maybe you're not always going to understand what I'm doing but I think we can live with each other Cerulea uh, chimes in at this point and says, You know, Drazilia, now that the town's open, I um, guess you don't have to be away for good. And uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll run into each other out there in the in the big wide world somewhere. You know what, Cerulea? I look forward to it. Um, but also, maybe just take like a couple of years to train up, get some life skills. <laughs> Then I'll see you out there. <laughs> she uh, frowns at you and pulls a dagger out of her belt and says, Recreas gathered stabs from the chest six times. <laughs> yeah, she, she says, Oh, don't worry. I've got all the training I need. And she whips the dagger at uh, a family portrait across the kitchen table. And just going to do a quick d20 roll there. Uh, she rolled a five. <laughs> the dagger definitely hits the portrait pummel first and clatters to the ground of the kitchen. Shatters the and glass. And there's just an uncomfortable silence. <laughs> then I think everybody just kind of laughs. Is that goodbye? Is it, is it time for, for Drazilia to roll out? Yeah. You know what? I think Drazilia gives her her bowler hat. Big. Oh, shit! <laughs> Just places on her head. He's looking at you, kid. Oh, she my God. Out. This is the end of uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. This is Indiana Jones fucking <laughs> Shia LaBeouf reaching for the hat. <laughs> Drazilia gathers up a foggy, groggy-headed uh, Duncan and Jody from the inn and I think they just all you know get back on that dusty trail together and, and, and roll out of Hastings now a town no longer in hiding I think we need to go um, and see Garrick yeah so it's been too long it's been too long Jody I guess as we're like sort of like rolling out <laughs> I guess very hungover but <laughs> Jody gets to his sending stone and sends out a message and is like we are we're heading home. Put some chickens on the rice for us. 
I think you get a chime in from, uh, I think over, over the, the last little while, like the person who was on shift with the sending stone has changed. And now it's, um, it's Elena and she comes back with, oh shit, you're, um, you're on the way. Okay. Uh, great. I'll let everyone know and chicken's on to roast. So <laughs> I guess you'll be here in... And that's Less twenty. That's twenty five words. Hours. So that cuts out. We, we lose a last little bit there. <laughs> they're they're unlimited now. But, but we do hang up with her when she's halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> we just snap our sending stones. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> and toss them in the room. <laughs> And so our heroes set out to meet up with their friends, leaving Hastings to face the wide world alone. Later that day, the townsfolk gather in the meeting hall once more to discuss everything that's happened. Enos takes the podium and begins to speak. People of Hastings, it's been a trying few weeks. We've endured much, lost much, and seen a time of unprecedented change. I was... Reluctant at first, and I must admit I still have my reservations, but I believe we need to embrace the situation and view it for what it is. An opportunity. An opportunity to stop hiding from this world and start living in it. With that in mind, Cerulea has something to say. Hello, fellow citizens. My sister the young dragon may have been the one to make the decision to break the clock tower and open our town to the world. She had her reasons, which we can't pretend to understand, but now it's our responsibility to make sure the world knows we're here. If we're going to live in this world, we're going to need trade, allies, relationships. If we want to exploit this opportunity, we're going to have to reach out. With that in mind, I'm gearing up for an expedition. I'm going to lead a diplomatic delegation to the nearby villages in the forest. I know some of you are still gravely concerned about this new state of things, and Cerulea glances pointedly at the Jespersons standing at the back of the crowd. But I'd like to take this opportunity to try and change your minds. The invitation to join my delegation is open to all. Cerulea gulps. Those interested, please raise your hands. There's a tense, pregnant silence in the meeting hall. It stretches for what feels like an eternity. And then, slowly, hands begin to raise. Young people, old people, members of each of the large families and clans in Hastings. Eventually, after an especially long pause and a few glares from her parents, even Petunia slowly, grudgingly, raises her hand. At the sight of this, on seeing that the people are finally ready to try and make a change in Hastings for the good, Cerulea and Enos crack uneasy smiles. Alright boys and girls, Cerulea says from the podium, we leave at dawn. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chappell, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsom. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. 
or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curanetwork.com.